Welcome to the 25-Yard Line Podcast. How is it going? We are officially past week three of the NFL season. I'm your host, Steve Johnson. I've got Grant Freeman here with me. Grant, how's it going today? Uh, it's going all right. Uh, I had to drown some of my sorrows in ice cream last night because of how poorly my team's played. But, uh, yeah. you know, my Niners are 2-1, and one, and with all the injuries that we had, I couldn't ask for much more. Yeah, after last week, it uh, I saw it tweeted out at one point that it's probably easier at this point to just tweet out a list of the healthy 49er players than the than it is to tweet out a list of the injured ones. <laughs> uh, but they're still pulling I'm, off wins. It helps that yep. they're playing teams like the Jets and the and Giants. The Giants. Yeah, that is true. And then we get the but, Eagles next week, so. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess now's the time to get those out of the way. Well, coming up today on the show, we are going to go through our standout players of the week and uh, and our waiver wire pickup Sunday superstars. Our topic of the week is going to be how to set your lineup and looking at week to week player evaluations. How do we evaluate players on a week to week basis as we're as we're talking about and thinking about how we set our lineup when you're comparing players and deciding to who to put in the game. So that's what we're going to get to today. But before we get into that, how did your weekend go, Grant? I know your Niners won, but how about your fantasy teams? Uh, my fantasy teams were awful. I went one and six. <laughs> and you want to know how many leagues I lost on Monday night? Um, is it is it three or four? It's three. Oh I, my lost, gosh. I lost in three leagues because I was playing Patrick Mahomes against Patrick Mahomes in two of them, and he dropped 40 points on me. One of those, oh one of those leagues, the guy played – had two injured guys in his lineup and still managed to beat me. And then oh my gosh. in the other league, uh, I managed to single-handedly lose by 0.96 points. Wow. I, needed, I had Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill going, and I managed to beat – I was one catch away from finally getting a win in that league. <sighs> wow. That's a, that's a rough week, but it happens to all of us, right? Yep. How'd you do? Uh, you know, I went two and three. It should have been four and one, but like you, I lost two games on Monday night. I had uh, I had some games with uh, one one league had a pretty sizable lead in, and then again I was playing against Patrick Mahomes, and he just terrorized me. It was it was insane. And I had another league I was playing against Tyreek Hill, and I lost by 0.6 points. Uh, going in, I was feeling Brutal. pretty good about my chances. But, uh, you know, I there's there's the one league you and I play in. There's our armchair quarterbacks, Dynasty League, that we've been playing. This is our, I think, our sixth season this year. It's the and one league I got to win in. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> well, you know, speaking of you winning, I was just going to get to uh, the fact that with this, I played against one of the other – undefeated teams in the league this week and managed to pull off a win and uh the other undefeated team lost as well so i i'm i'm sitting at three and out first place in that league which feels pretty good because i've had a rough couple of years of yeah uh, is that the, the first last... time you've ever been three and out in this league uh no it's not but it's been a minute because uh the last two years are the two highest scoring uh seasons by non-playoff teams in the history of the league for me because every week every week i'd play against the highest scoring team and and i would i missed playoffs but i outscored half the teams in the playoffs so it feels pretty good to finally have my matchups work out this week um and and get some wins so it was it was overall a good weekend i got to see my bears pull off another win they didn't deserve which is a, a little concerning 
going I forward. I think I can't believe Dan Quinn still has a job here on Tuesday after blowing oh two 15 plus point leads in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was insane, man. I think hands down the Bears, and this is – I love the Bears with my whole heart, but hands down they are the worst 3-0 and team in the league this year. Without it's, a doubt. There are a lot of 1-2 and two and 2-1 two and one teams that could beat the Bears by a lot of points if they when, they when they inevitably come and face each other. But let's go ahead and move on to our first topic. So we're going to talk about standout players of the week. This is the player that each of us feel like really went above and beyond um, this past weekend and had a performance that was just off the charts. So, Grant, give me your standout player of the week this past weekend. Yeah, my standout player is going to be Justin Jefferson, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver. Uh, it's his first season. He's a rookie. Um and man, oh man, did he look good against that Titans defense? Mm-hmm. Um, seven catches for 175 yards and a touchdown. And boy, did that touchdown did he make look make that defense look silly? Dancing into what the a end zone. Great game. Yeah, he. Um, we were all looking at him coming out. He was uh, he was a first rounder in the draft this past year, and he's yep. he's had you know respectable performances the last two weeks from an NFL yeah. standpoint. He's looked good, but hasn't really turned in. A standout performance uh, this no. weekend. He he looks great. Yeah, and especially too with that offense looking like it may turn into a pass-heavy offense over these next few mm-hmm. me- few weeks. Um, yep. He's he's a guy that I think is going to get a lot of looks and has a lot of talent to do uh, pretty good things uh, going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I don't know if you watched the Seahawks game. This past this past weekend, but my standout player is it's hard to say he went above and beyond expectations because expectations are already so high on him. Yeah, but Russell Wilson had a game and a half on Sunday. He, mm-hmm. he threw the ball 40 times, completed 27, per, uh, 27 of those passes, 67 and a half percent completion percentage. But he threw for 315 yards and five touchdowns while adding another 22 yards on six carries on the ground, 36 fantasy points, and just a a lights-out game. And the crazy thing is it it could have even been better with with that ridiculous DK Metcalf play where he's holding up at the the end zone, walking in, not realizing the safety's bearing down on him and just punched the ball out, fumbled it out of the back of the end zone and and got the turnover. So really – we should have six touchdowns for Russ Wilson here. He should have uh, at least 40 fantasy points on this game. Oh, yeah. Was- um, he's he's the first NFL quarterback to throw four, at least four touchdowns in the team's first three games uh, in the season. Like, that's, if, that's an absurd stat line. And if you look at his schedule, he's got another – he's got Miami coming up this week and Minnesota the week after that. And the Minnesota defense has not been the Vikings defense nope. of last year. Oh no! Far from it. If you if you manage to get Russell Wilson, he was going pretty high in a lot of the drafts that I was in. But I, I was seeing him go in the fifth and sixth round of a lot of drafts. Mm-hmm. If you if you grabbed yeah. him there, um, you're you're feeling really good considering that in a lot of those drafts we had guys like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson going in the first and second round oh, in some of these doubt. drafts. Um, yeah. You're feeling really good about having having Russell Wilson on your team this year. Yeah, Russell Wilson has always been one of those guys that you can count on and he's going to put up points every week. He's going to mm-hmm. play well. 
Um, he's not that flashy guy. He's not that flashy pick like a Pat Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. but he's the consistent guy. And at the end of the day, right. what do most teams need is a consistent quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Because you you start getting into some of these these later you start getting into some of these later rounds and you end up having to run a quarterback by committee for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Right, and and the Seahawks defense has not been impressive yet this year. No, so Russell Wilson is going to be in a lot of shootouts. He's going to be throwing yeah. the ball a lot for the rest of the season, especially with Chris Carson going down with an injury this past week. Yeah. So keep looking for Russell Wilson to have an awesome rest of the season, especially over the next few weeks. But he was a stud on Sunday, and he's going to continue being a stud moving forward. Uh, Let's jump into our main topic for the week. We're going to be talking about setting your lineup on a week-to-week basis and how you evaluate players that you're considering. The way we do these main topics is Grant and I each come in with our list of the top three rules to set a successful lineup. And uh, we're going to go through one by one, and, and we're each going to list our top three. So, Grant, why don't you start us off and give us your number one key to successfully starting a fantasy lineup on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, you know, shockingly enough, it's still something that gets forgotten, and you would look at it and go, how the heck does this get forgotten? But always play your studs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you may have somebody who uh, you're worried about injury-wise, but if there's nothing on the injury report, make sure he's in your lineup. Uh, too mm-hmm. often, I can't tell you how many times I'll see people with lineups where they just have a stud on their bench because they're either afraid of a defensive matchup for whatever reason or mm-hmm. they think that they're not going to get the production. But you're, you're talking about guys like Chris McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. um, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. You all, they have to be in your lineup. They have to have, mm-hmm. have to be in your lineup. You're not, you're not spending first around draft picks on these guys just to have them sit out each week. Like these are the guys that need to be in your lineup every week. And the only time they're coming out is if it's a bye week or it's an injury. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think an easy way to look at this is you can just look at based on the, the, the points in your league and the way that they're scored, where are they ranked at their position? And where I would put that stud category is when you have a player that is definitely in the top 10 at their position, yeah. but even up to the top 15, you're looking at those guys saying, you know, um, a difficult matchup may hinder some of their points a little bit, but a yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, you can put any quarter cornerback in the on league DeAndre Hopkins. on DeAndre yeah. Hopkins and he's going to catch balls. It may not be as many and he may not have as good of a game, as if he's playing against one yeah. of these weaker defenses out there that doesn't have a, a true lockdown corner, but yeah. he's going to catch a lot of footballs and you don't want to get so into the weeds looking at matchups, you know, well, they're really playing the number one defense against wide receivers. So, yeah. you know, I've got another receiver on my bench. That's playing the, the 32nd team in against wide receivers. And so you bench your star for, some wide receiver four just because he's got a really good matchup. Yeah. You want to be really, really, really careful with that and and start the guys that you think yeah. are going uh, that with, are your studs. With, yeah, with your superstars, you can't be afraid of defensive matchups because these are the guys, they're superstars for a reason. They get mm-hmm. the production no matter what. Look at my heavens. He mm-hmm. got two catches for two touchdowns and two yards. Like... <laughs> It's a ridiculous stat line, but 
if you're looking at that, if you're looking at that game and going, well, I'm not sure that the Broncos defense has been like okay. Like I, I just am, I'm not feeling it. And then you leave them on your bench. That's 14 free points in mm-hmm. you know a lot of leagues where 14 points is what you're looking to get on a week to week basis. Right. And you can get really distracted by that. Well, Mike Evans only caught two balls, so I'm concerned for next week. Mike Evans is going to find a way to get it done. And he's not always going to have multiple touchdowns. He's not always going to have these great games. He may have some games. He's going to have some games this season where he gets you less than 10 points. Yeah. But when you look at his stat line at the end of the season, he's going to be be a top 20 wide receiver. You don't want to bench him just because he he only got two catches this past week even though they went for touchdowns and those touchdowns are probably going to regress. He's probably not going to get two touchdowns this coming week. You're starting Mike Evans. Yep. Without a doubt. Well, so here's your, my number one. And this, this one? seems, this seems really, really self-explanatory, but pay attention to game times. Uh, this is going to be significant, especially when you're dealing with players that have an injury when you're dealing with players that maybe have some uncertainty. But I can't tell you the number of times that I've seen teams holding out on a player to wait to get some news to see if they're going to start, to see how they're feeling. And they're playing the Sunday night game. So they hold out. And then what happens here is – Or they're playing the Monday night game. Right, the Sunday night, the Monday night game. And you figure, you know, I've got another three receivers that that can take their place. But they're playing one of the early games on Sunday. So these other players put all these points up on your bench. And then the player that you were waiting to find out news on ends up not being able to play. And you end up having to take a zero in that spot because your only options are to drop him and pick up another player on that player's team and start that player in their place because you probably can't drop one of your other players. Chances are you've got other players on that team uh, on your team that have already played in the early games and they're not droppable anymore. So you're not going to be able to go to the waiver wire by the time you hit the Sunday night, Monday night game, because you're just picking from the scraps of those two teams that are there uh, that are playing in those games. And chances are all of your other players on your team have gone already. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, I, you, and if, and there's some times where, Injuries come up that are or out players that are out come up that you're not expecting. Uh, the big one last week was James White. Um, James White obviously got that that horrible news of uh, parents being in a car accident. Um, that's something that obviously you can't you can't control uh, that you have that you that you can't plan for. Uh, but if you were looking this week at Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. we knew fairly early on on Sunday. Um, and even late Saturday that he wasn't going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. that's one of those guys that you you should have been you shouldn't have been holding out on. Mm-hmm. And if you have a guy like that and you're saying, I want to hold out and see if he can play, then what you need to do early in the week uh, during that waiver wire run on t- on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, yeah. you want to make sure that you have another option at that position. You have yeah. a bench player that's playing in the same game or or a later game than that player so that if you want to hold out until the last minute when you're looking at a game time decision, that mm-hmm. you still have options. Make sure you know which players are playing early that you won't be able to substitute in once you get those news, that news on those game time decisions. Yeah. 
So yeah. give me your um, number two, Grant. Yeah, my number two is definitely going to be look at team defensive. Um, when you're setting your lineup week to week, when obviously you're going to play your studs no matter what the defense is because they're your studs. But as you're looking for those wide receiver twos, running back twos, flex guys, um, even if you're streaming uh, tight ends, uh, you, you want to take a look at those defenses because mm-hmm. – you may see uh, that the, let's say the Vikings are playing, uh, well, let's take this week. The Vikings are supposed to play the Texans this week. If you're looking for kind of those for a running back two in that game, whether it be David Johnson or uh, Duke Johnson mm-hmm. for Houston, you want to take a look at that. Uh, you want to take a look at that defense because that may – you may have somebody on your bench that's in a better position against a better that's that's against maybe a weaker defense at the running back position than you than than maybe uh, David Johnson or Duke Johnson is going to be this week, uh, things mm-hmm. like that. And so I really think this that it definitely these are definitely the things that you need to take into account on for some of those mid tier guys uh, because mm-hmm. that's where they're going to get there either that's really where they're going to either thrive or not thrive, things like that. Um, because mm-hmm. that's where those defensive matchups come into play. The other thing to look at too, when you look at those defensive matchups is if you um, take, take this week, the Seattle Seahawks, the Seattle Seahawks sold out on the run, but they couldn't stop anything on the pass. You had all four Cowboy mm-hmm. receivers with at least 10 points doing that. Yeah, so that's another crazy amount of value yeah. for the Cowboys offense. So that's another thing that you want to look at is, is, is defensive is defenses and who they're playing against. Cause you may have mm-hmm. teams that are going to sell out against, that are going to sell out against the run and those wide receivers mm-hmm. are going to have a lot more value. Uh, take a look mm-hmm. at last night's chiefs uh, chiefs Ravens game. There was there was a lot of value in that passing game because the Chiefs were basically sending eleven after the ball every single play to keep Lamar Jackson from running and to keep those mm-hmm. running backs from running. So right. you though the you definitely need to take a look at those team defenses and look at what the different ratings are because if you're a defense may be very good against the run, but they're gonna be mm-hmm. less good against against the pass. And so you're going to be able to find a lot more hidden value in in taking a look at that um, when looking at defenses uh, to play against. And one of the things that most fantasy sites will do is they'll break down positional rankings of the defenses that each offensive player is playing, which is really nice. So when you're looking at uh, Lamar Jackson's, so for for example, upcoming this week, if I'm I'm just looking on you know the ESPN projections page mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson is playing against the Washington football team. And it's saying opponent rank 19th. What that means is that quarterbacks against the Washington football team have are ranking 19th out of 32. Yep. Um, it's not talking about total defense. It's not talking about how good that defense is as a whole, which really helps you when you're looking at teams that have um, you know better chances of stopping the run versus stopping the pass. So you may have a team that's top five against the run and bottom five against the pass. Now you want to be careful with this, uh, especially this early in the season, because yeah. you have some teams like um, the Colts. like the Seahawks, for example, the Colts have played against some terrible teams 
And so they're first in a lot of categories in terms of fantasy points allowed. Yeah. They have not allowed a lot of fantasy points, which uh, does have something to do with the fact that I do think the Colts defense is pretty solid this year. Yeah, But they're probably not necessarily the best defense in football. So you want to be careful yeah. with that early in the season. But it does give you some good some good guidance. The Seahawks are also 32nd against quarterbacks so far this season. They're the worst in the league against quarterbacks. Um, or I'm sorry, the, the Falcons are 32nd against quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, so the Atlanta Falcons are ranked last against quarterbacks so far this season. Um, they've been in a lot of shootouts. Yeah. So they've had a lot of games. You look at the, the game they played against the Cowboys in week two, the Cowboys scored 16 points in the last five minutes of the game. The Bears yeah. scored 20 points in the fourth quarter, um, all through the air. So this early in the season, you want to look at those stats. Don't give too much credit to them, but it is worth, uh, worth noting that certain teams are better in certain areas than others on defense. And that's going to give yeah. you a lot of guidance when you're deciding between that that kind of middle ground of players. Yeah. Who's number – what's your number two? Um, so my number two is know who you're playing. And what I'm talking about here is the team that you're playing against in your league. Um, there's going to be some teams in every league that drafted really well, that have been really on the waiver wire, and have a lot of really high-scoring players on their team. And there's going to be some other teams that maybe they went with Saquon Barkley – with their first pick. And so they're out their first player for the rest of the season. And their team is a lot more low scoring. You need to know the makeup of your team versus theirs. Um, and what I want to look at here is a, a term that I'm going to be using a lot this season as we talk about player evaluation. And we talk about a player's floor and a player's ceiling, which means the, uh, the floor of a player is what's realistically the lowest amount of points this player is going to score this week versus the ceiling is how high could this player go? So Mike Evans is a great example of a player that has a lower floor than another player on his team, Chris Godwin, but a higher ceiling probably. If you, mm -hmm. if you look at the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense and you ask which player out of these two is more likely to catch eight or nine footballs. That's going to be Chris Godwin. He's going to get more targets. They yep. use him a lot more on the underneath stuff where he's running shorter routes for these dump offs with an opportunity to turn it into more. Chris Godwin has a lot of value in that sense. But when you want to know which player is more likely to catch a 60 yard bomb downfield for a touchdown, that's going to be Mike Evans. Mike Evans. So, you want to look at the players on your team like that to see if they're more boomer bust players or to look at if they're more consistent pass catchers, especially with running backs out of the backfield. A running back that gets a lot more targets is usually yeah. going to have a higher floor than a running back that just runs the ball really well, which is one of the things that makes Alvin Kamara so deadly this season. With Michael Thomas being out, he's kind of been their de facto number one wide receiver. Yeah. So he's catching a lot of balls. Alvin Kamara is probably not going to score less than 18 points outside of an injury until Michael Thomas gets back. And even then, he's still got a really high floor. Whereas you look at a player like Chris Carson is going to run the ball a lot more, probably see less targets. And he's going to get, you know, um, a lot of playing time, but his floor is a little bit lower. Yeah. Um, and that comes into play 
when you're looking at the other team you're playing against. And if there's some teams that you're looking at and saying, if my if every player on my team does what they're expected to do and every player on their team does what they're expected to do, I'm going to lose by 30 points. Then mm-hmm. you need to take some risks. You're, you can't just count on their players to have bad weeks. Yeah. Um, you, you need to take some risks. Play some of these higher ceiling players in that flex spot, in that running back two, wide receiver two spot where you're making lineup decisions. Play yeah. some players that have a higher ceiling, that have a better chance to go off and get you above and beyond what they're expected to do. Whereas if you're playing against a team that you should reasonably win this matchup, at that point, you just want to make sure that you don't have too many of your players bust and put up a zero at a time. So in that situation, I would aim for those more consistent players that are going to get a higher target share, that are going to get a lot of touches in the game and have a better chance of putting up what they're expected to put up. And then at that point, you're just hoping that your opponent's team doesn't have too many players go off. Yeah. Without a doubt. And I think the other thing, too, that, that plays a big factor in that is in-game injuries you can't – are such mm-hmm. an unknown. Um, and that's really where you end up with a lot more uh, of those boomer bust type players. You're going to end up with a lot more busts because they're going to be more prone to injury because they're going for those big plays, um, middle, of the, middle, of the, middle of the field type of things, um, and they're going to get hit a lot more. Um, so you, when you're looking at that too, you have to always keep in mind, keeping the fact there, if there's going to be an injury, what will that, what will that affect have on my team, depending on who it is? You need to plan for that mm-hmm. too, as you set those lineups as well. Sure. Absolutely. Well, why don't you give, uh, why don't you give us your number three key to setting a successful lineup? Yeah, my number three is going to be pay attention to who your opponent is playing. Um, and what I mean by that is pay attention to your opponent's lineup. Um, if you see that your opponent is playing, uh, like take for my team, for example, this week is playing, uh, if I'm playing Chris, uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, I want to hope that I have, my opponent is going to hope that he has Patrick Mahomes because he's going to be the beneficiary of he's going to be able to counter all of my stats that I end up having um, mm-hmm. things like that, because for every touchdown that Tyree kill or Travis Kelsey end up getting Patrick Mahomes is going to be throwing them that touchdown. Um, so mm-hmm. you need to pay attention to who your opponent is playing because you could either be the beneficiary of players that they're playing um, and, and how you play your players or it could be a detriment to your team uh, mm-hmm. and how you play. Uh, more often than not, you um, I've seen many a leagues lost by somebody having either the quarterback of somebody else's to wide receiver um, or even having the wide receiver for and running back combo for a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that ends up kind of kind of shelling your quarterback because they mm-hmm. end up getting getting the vast majority of points. So that's definitely yeah. really one of those things that you have to pay attention to because either you're going to be very uh, your team's going to be the beneficiary of all those stats, or it's going to be hurt by all those stats more than anything. So let me ask you a follow up question on this because you use yeah. Tyree Hill and Travis Kelsey as an example, and obviously you're not benching either of those guys for any no. reason, even if your opponent has Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. So at, at what point 
does this come into play where you would consider actually not playing a player or specifically playing a player based on uh, the, the makeup of your opponent's team? Like, are we talking Sammy Watkins? Like if your opponent has Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to play Sammy Watkins or what, what category are we, are we talking about here? Yeah, I think we're talking about that kind of mid-tier RB2, wide receiver two. Some of those guys that as you were filling out starting lineups and drafts, you were drafting in kind of those uh, fifth through eighth rounds. Um, Mm -hmm. Guys that you may not have been super comfortable about, but they were best player available type guys. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are going to be – you got to pay attention to those matchups because those are going to have a huge impact uh, Mm -hmm. off of that. Um, but I mean, we're not talking, we're not talking your top guys, um, your wide receiver ones, your RB ones, mm-hmm. cause those are going to be the guys that you want to start no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's really more yeah. of those mid tier guys that you're kind of trying to find in season value in, um, mm-hmm. that you probably don't have as much as, off, uh, you probably don't see as often. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with your point. I think it's, it's definitely worth looking at a lot more than just that, but I think this does help you make decisions here. And in that situation where you're lining up on a lot of teams with your uh, opponent, I would rather have the quarterback in this situation. Yeah. Because a wide receiver is often not going to run the ball in. You know, I know Robert Woods has some rushing touchdowns this year. Yeah. But that's not the norm. So no. a, a guy I'm thinking about is like a Christian Kirk. Yep. Um, where he's one of those guys where he's, you know, not having a great year with his injury, but when he comes back, we're kind of expecting him to probably step into a wide receiver two role in that Cardinals yeah. offense, probably going to be a wide receiver three, maybe a low end flex play. So if I'm comparing mm-hmm. a guy like Alan Lazard and Christian Kirk on my roster, which a team could very realistically have both of those guys. And my opponent has Aaron Rodgers. I'd rather have Christian Kirk in a lot of situations. Um, you know, he's got to get healthy, and I've got to see that he can do it. Obviously, Lazard had a big game last week. I don't necessarily yeah. know that he's going to do that on a weekly basis. Uh, I definitely don't think he's going to do it on a weekly basis. But no. this is the category of guys we're talking about here. Uh, whereas if I am deciding between a few different quarterbacks and I see my opponent has that wide receiver, um, I may start that quarterback to try to yeah. mitigate some of those wide receiver points because – a wide receiver catching a touchdown worth six points. If my quarterback throws him that, I get four for that. And we're really only talking about a net gain of two points for yeah. my opponent, which is yep. far less significant than a six point net gain on. Oh that. yeah. And the other thing, the other thing too, that also plays into effect is defenses. You don't want to mm-hmm. be playing the defense that's up against maybe one or two of your opponents, like star players. Like that's, mm-hmm. that also takes an effect. Like you, you have to pay attention to those things because I mean, you, if you're, let's say you're playing against Patrick Mahomes and uh, Tyree kill, or even just Patrick Mahomes himself. Mm-hmm. And you have, uh, let's say you had the Baltimore defense. You're probably not playing the Baltimore defense this week. You're looking to, you were looking to find a stream uh, because mm-hmm. the more points that Patrick Mahomes gets, the less points your defense is going to get. And that's forgotten a lot um, in those matchups as well. Yeah. And I do agree with that, but I also think you do have to look at matchups there. Obviously the chiefs are a good example of, I don't care if my opponent has Patrick Mahomes or not. I'm not, 
I'm not going to start my defense against the Kansas no. City Chiefs if I can help it. Um, but we want to be careful with this because let's say my opponent is starting Ryan Tannehill. I'm yeah. comfortable starting a team defense against Ryan yeah. Tannehill. That's not a reason for me to to not start my defense just because they're playing that. So you, you want to be smart about the way you handle that. But yeah. you do want to be aware of, of who your opponent is playing and make sure that you're not limiting your chances to win or uh, giving your opportunities a chance to double down. Because especially with a team defense, if that quarterback has a terrible game, you yeah. could be doubling down and beating them because yeah. you're getting – not only are they losing points for throwing interceptions, but you're gaining those points. So if you're up against a situation like that, that's a good chance to stack that defense. If you think Tannehill is going to have a bad game against your team defense, I would absolutely double double up. But at yeah. the same time, you are taking a risk because if you're wrong and if he does throw for six touchdowns, that's going to hurt twice as bad because you're losing points on that defense as well. Yeah. I think that was me. that was me in week – I think it was me in week one. I picked up the Colts defense in a lot of leagues, and then they played. Mm-hmm. They played the Jaguars, and Gardner Minshew didn't miss one throw. It was like yeah. what <laughs> torched him? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, Minshew mania until last Thursday night. Hey, it's all about Fitz magic, baby. Oh man, something like that. <laughs> all right, well, let me jump into uh, let me jump into my number three here. We're going to close out this section, and this one is is again very straightforward. Um, and I'm just going to say, check the injury reports. Teams have to, uh, within the rules of the NFL, report injuries very specifically and clearly and openly. They get in a lot yeah. of trouble and get fined if they're hiding injuries with players. Um, they're just not doing that for yeah. the most part. You're not seeing teams doing that. So just read the injury reports. I was talking to a, a friend this week uh, who I was watching one of the games with, and he was – he was really bummed that he had started Devontae Adams, and he was saying, well, I read the injury report on Tuesday, and things were looking pretty good. It looked like he was healing. It looked like the injury wasn't that serious, so I threw him in my starting lineup. And I just kind of said to him, well, did you read the injury reports later in the week? Because it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to play. He was doubtful going into the game, and you know, I was yeah. just going, wait, really? He was questionable yeah. last time I looked. Well, yeah. he wasn't. I think it's really important that we understand that injuries change throughout the week. And an injury that looks serious early in the week could lighten up by later in the week, and we could see a player playing. And at the same time, an injury that looks more, um, you know, less serious early in the week could turn worse, which is the case with Devonta Adams this past week. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to uh, – the rest of the show here, we're going to talk about our Sunday superstars and our waiver wire pickups for the week. Looking forward to week four of the NFL season. So why don't you give me your waiver wire pickup for the week? Yeah, my waiver wire pickup is this week. Uh, it's it's somebody who is a good stash stash and stash and play mm-hmm. guy, uh, and that's going to mm-hmm. be T. Higgins, uh, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. So mm-hmm. far this season, T. Higgins is kind of that solid number three guy for Cincinnati. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, A.J. Green really is is looking like a shell of himself. Um, hasn't had the same production so far this season. And then John mm-hmm. Ross looks like he's the odd man out in that offense. He's been a mm-hmm. healthy scratch the last two weeks. T. Higgins has been 
the guy that's taking his place. Um, and this week, he he was he was he was efficient. Five catches, forty yards, two touchdowns. Um, so mm-hmm. he's definitely going to be. He's definitely one of those guys that I think, um, if you're in dynasty or potentially redraft leagues, uh, somebody to kind of take a flyer on who's going to have mm-hmm. some long term value um, for. And potentially even just if you have a have a roster spot or have a guy that you can afford to drop for him, I say take the shot on him because he's definitely going to be. Uh, he's definitely working his way already as that number three guy in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking at their looking at their upcoming schedule, they've got the Jacksonville Jaguars this week, which that defense has been so hit and miss. One week they can stop mm-hmm. the pass, next week they can't. So who knows? Um, you're mm-hmm. probably you're probably not starting him against the Ravens or the Colts, uh, but then you got mm-hmm. the Browns and the Titans in week seven and eight. Mm-hmm. That's when you start getting some of those bye weeks. You may need somebody just as a plug. Uh, T. Higgins is probably going to be one of those guys that you may feel comfortable about doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would absolutely add him. I think he he had a great game. He showed that he can perform well. The Bengals' offense is only going to get better. Joe Burrow's getting better every week. Yeah, at some point they're going to start winning games. You got to think. And I think I do think T. Higgins is going to be a part of that. I'm not ready to start him yet, even though they are playing against the Jaguars this week. I just I need to see him do it again. He had a great game. But there's so many players that have had one great week flash in the pan. If he does it again this week, then then yeah. I'm comfortable starting to work him into my rotation and my starting lineup. I need to see it happen again. Uh, I put yeah. Brandon Ayuk in that same category that I do think mm-hmm. he needs to be added in in a lot of leagues. But I'm not ready to start him on a weekly basis yet. I need to no. see that he can do it again. But I, yeah. I agree. He, he is rostered in way too few leagues right now, less than 10% of leagues for T. Higgins you know, yeah. on ESPN. So he needs to be rostered in a lot more leagues than that. How about you? Well, here's my waiver wire guy. Here's my waiver wire pickup for the week. Um, give me Justin Jefferson. And we we already talked earlier in the show about all the things that he can do and what a great player he's been. He's starting to starting to play like a first rounder. Um, here's the crazy thing that we didn't get into earlier: is he is rostered in just over a third of ESPN leagues. He's not even on rosters. I'm not even talking about not being started in that many leagues. He's not even rostered in half of the leagues on ESPN. That is insane. Let's get him up to 100% this week. He needs to be owned in every league. Um, Again, I, depending on your matchup, I feel a lot better about starting Justin Jefferson than I do about starting T. Higgins. Yeah. Um, Depending on who you have, we're coming into the bye weeks um, starting this week. Um, so we do need to see that he's going to be able to do this consistently, but I will not be surprised if he is moving into that must start category in the very, very near future. Yeah. And, and especially with that Vikings offense outside of Adam Thielen, who's, who's that solid wide receiver two that they have. I don't they, think you they can, don't have, I don't think else. you can really say that there is one. And so Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson, um, is showing that he can be that guy. And so I don't I don't think it, it, it'll be long for him to completely um, really take that and take that mm-hmm. and, and run with it. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing Houston this week, whose passing defense has not been bad. Um, so but it also hasn't I don't, been great. <laughs> it hasn't been great. I don't feel great about starting him. But if you've got if you've got players that are out that are missing time, I he, he's 
a player I'd feel comfortable starting at the flex spot. I don't love starting him at a wide receiver one or two spot, but if you have to, you have to. I think he he does have an opportunity to catch some scores this week. But yeah, um, for sure. At the bare minimum, he needs to be owned in every league. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk. Let's talk about our Sunday superstars. This is the player that we think is going to go above and beyond this coming week. Um, kind of go ahead of what they're supposed to do, what their projection would be, and we think is a must start if they're on your roster. So who is yeah. your Sunday superstar this week? Uh, my Sunday superstar this week is going to be Allen Robinson, Chicago Bears wide receiver, which I think you you like this pick a lot, uh, being mm-hmm. a Bears homer. Uh, but oh, even, I love it. even still, um, with Nick Foles being the starter now for that offense, I think that – Allen Robinson's value is now um, in that probably in that mid wide receiver one range um, mm-hmm. and definitely going to see a lot more value um, as we've mm-hmm. seen through, as we saw through the first two weeks, it was hard for him to get that production. They weren't mm-hmm. throwing the ball deep a ton. Um, they really weren't looking for those big plays. Mitch was kind of doing dink and dunk. Um, mm-hmm. short passes, just kind of trying to keep them in it. Um, but mm-hmm. Nick Foles is definitely got more of that, uh, more of that arm, arm, arm power, long throw. Uh, you saw mm-hmm. it in Philly when they won the Super Bowl, um, things mm-hmm. like that. So Allen Robinson's stock definitely has, is going to rise a lot in these coming weeks, as long as Foles, I think is, is the starting quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. because he's he's in a contract year, first of all. So he's looking for a, an extension. So he's trying mm-hmm. – like, he's he wants to show out and show up. Um, there's, 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 no, there's no doubting that. I just think the quarterback play wasn't helping him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with, with Nick Foles now being in, in as a quarterback, Allen Robertson is going to be seen – is going to get a lot of production. Yeah, I love this pick. And I love Allen Robinson as a player. I think if he had ever had a – solid elite quarterback throwing him the ball that he would yeah. be in a much different conversation in, in terms of being a truly elite wide receiver. Um, I don't know how during the game on Sunday, Ryan Pace, the general manager for the bears was not on the phone with Allen Robinson's agent. Yeah. And I don't know how Allen Robinson didn't walk back to his locker to find a new contract stapled to the right. door of it. It is insane. <laughs> that they will not yeah. pay this man elite wide receiver money. There's As a yeah. Bears fan, it is so hard to look at our offense. We have one elite player on our offense, yeah. and his name is Allen Robinson. Pay this man. In the meantime, he he absolutely needs to be started in every fantasy league. Yeah. Um, he, I, I agree. He's a wide receiver one, so we're probably starting him anyway. Yeah. But if you're looking at this Colts matchup, saying, well, they, they have done pretty well against wide receivers so far this year. Again, they've played terrible wide receivers so far. And yep. Allen Robinson is is right on the border of being matchup proof. I don't think he's quite there um, just because yeah. of the quarterback play. I think he's got the ability to, to be at that place, but because of the quarterback play. But he's right. He's right on that border. Yeah. No, I, it definitely. doesn't matter who you try to cover him with. He's going to get open. It just comes down to whether or not his quarterback can deliver on the ball. Yeah. And and I agree. Nick Foles, I think, has a much better chance of doing that than Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Who are you? Who are you taking? 
So my Sunday superstar this week is going to be Kenny Galladay. And this I'm doing with kind of a, uh, a, a personal sense of sorrow. I own him in, in our dynasty league. And I benched him this week because I was not confident oh in him coming back from injury. Uh, fortunately, I won that game, and his game wasn't um, wasn't something that that stopped me from being able to win that matchup. I still pulled yeah. it off. Um, but Kenny Galladay is a wide receiver one. The only reason to put him on the bench is because of that injury. And this past yeah. week, I was not super confident, but he caught six balls, fifty-seven yards, and a touchdown. Um, got mm-hmm. 17 fantasy points. He looked good. He he yeah, looked healthy. He, did. he didn't have any any setbacks. His touchdown catch was was not an easy catch. He, no. he had to work for it. And coming out of the game, his injury hadn't been aggravated. It hadn't gotten worse. Nope. So I'm now at that point where I think he's in that start your studs conversation. He, yep. he needs to not be on anyone's bench. I, I definitely let my injury concerns get in the way. And yeah. I, I benched him at the flex spot for David Montgomery, which did not feel good. <laughs> um, so uh, we're back at that point. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Kenny Galladay yeah. is in my starting lineup every week um, outside of injury concerns yeah. creeping back up. You got to start him, especially this I- week. I think I think you I don't I don't think you you were you were wrong in benching him this week. I think there was still kind of a lot of question in how he would return from that injury and what he mm-hmm. what it would look like. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think it was a bad decision to, to to bench him. Obviously, you're you're kicking yourself now because of the fact that you benched him for David Montgomery. But mm-hmm. I think you're in the same boat as a lot of people that weren't sure how he was going to be first game back from the injury. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Kenny Galladay definitely, he's got the value. Um, he's got the production. He's, he's shown that he can produce and be the guy. It's just been one of those things of, um, I mean, it's been one of those things of the injury, the injuries have just have really hindered him in mm-hmm. his, in his career so far. Um, but if, yeah, if he can stay healthy and if he can stay active, he's definitely going to be a guy that gets a lot of looks from mm-hmm. a, a, a Lions offense that has always been pass heavy. It's always mm-hmm. been pass first because they've never really had a running back that they've ever been comfortable with. And I know, and Adrian Peterson's there now, but even still, he's not, he's not, he's a shell of his former he's, self. Yeah. He's a shell of his former self. He's not having the same production as, uh, he used to have when he was the number one running back. Uh, like three years in a row, um, mm-hmm. so they're they they are they and 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 in that division they're going to get into shootouts. Um, mm-hmm. You saw it when they played the Packers. You saw it when they played the um, you saw when the Packers played the Vikings. They're going to get into shootouts in that in that league mm-hmm. uh, in that division. So he's going to have an opportunity for a lot of points. Yeah, and they're playing New Orleans this week, which does uh, I think bring some concern with it. Galladay is probably going to see a lot of Marshawn Lattimore which yeah. you don't love, but at the same time, um, I think the Saints are the better team here, and I also think they're on a mission to prove that they're still an elite NFL team. With the way they've yeah. been playing early in the season, they have not looked like it. They, no. they turned around in a big way against the Packers, finally put up some real points, and I think they're, I think they're on a mission to prove that they're still in competition yeah. for the NFC Championship still, this but year. But even still, yeah. that, that defense was leaky. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that it's yeah. Aaron Rodgers, and she's, sure. he's one of the greatest. He's probably the greatest of all time. 
um, in that quarterback in that quarterback conversation right now as just an elite quarterback. Are you going to put Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady right now? Is that what I just heard you say that he's the greatest of all time? If okay, if you're going on strictly a championship standpoint, Tom Brady is better. If you're going on a statistical play, uh, overall play, Aaron Rod, I would prefer to have Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady. Wow, wow! All right, he's I, he's the man. I, he's the man. He's, you can't, you can't, you. That man can make any defense look silly. He's the guy I want if I have a terrible defense and I need my quarterback to come back in the fourth quarter six times in a season. Yeah. But if I'm building a championship team. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking Tom Brady. I'm taking Peyton Manning over yeah. over Aaron Rodgers. I think so. I I, I wow. think that's accurate. But I, I think I can't believe looking, you just said if that. If you're looking for if you're looking for fantasy value, if you're looking for fantasy value in a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is the. All right, man. I'm gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> move past that one. We're out of time. We're out of time here. I can't I can't believe that was just said on a podcast that I get to be a part of. <laughs> I might be gone next week. <laughs> you keep telling uh, yourself that. You'll be back. You enjoy you enjoy the pain and suffering that our <laughs> that our leagues bring us. That's true. All right. Well, we are out of time here. So go ahead and find us on Twitter. Please find us on Twitter. Give us a follow at the twenty five yard line, and uh, and interact with us on there. If you have any yeah. questions, anything you want us to talk about on the show, shoot us an email at the 25-yard line yeah. at gmail.com. We'll get back to you. We'll talk about it it's, on the show. It's really sad that the only three people that have followed that Twitter account are me, you, and your wife. Yeah, you guys don't even have to uh, – you don't even have to respond to us. Just give us a follow. That's yeah. all we want. That's all we want. We want us to follow. Yeah. So we'll, we'll tweet out some good stuff this week, all right? Well, good luck on your uh, on your matchups this week, everyone. I hope uh, – I hope – Y'all get some wins and that it ends up being a great game. Have an awesome week. We're on to week four. We'll see you next Tuesday. Good luck, everybody.